Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, let's say you are a business owner. Maybe you're an executive. Maybe you're a CEO. How would you like to greatly increase your income? Streamline your business. Make things a lot easier. Not have to deal with all the the issues and the challenges. Just things work. They feel like they're falling into place finally within your career in business. How does that happen? It happens when you get a coach that can move things forward with you. And I found somebody that helps businesses grow without you being overwhelmed. And we're going to talk with her today about all of that. Maggie Perriton joins us on the program. Hi, Maggie. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you here. And this is what a lot of people in business deal with. Sometimes the minutia, if you will, of the finite little details that they they know that they need to take care of, but they focus on those things. And yes. is that what you're hearing from a lot of the people that you work with? Yes, I do. You're right. Um, a lot of... Oop, I lost you. Can you hear us? Oh, there you go. You're back. <laughs> All good. I, I lost you at a lot of, and then I didn't hear after okay. that. Okay. So a lot of people in business are in the weeds. So they're doing the day-to-day things, but as they do those and, you know, put out the fire and do with the little... I'm losing your audio. I don't know why. How about Apple? I can hear you now. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I got you. Let's let's see if it's uh, reliable. Okay, let's let's start from the beginning. So, what are you hearing from a lot of CEOs, executives, um, business leaders? I I hear that they just get stuck, as you say, in a lot of minutia and a lot of day to day extinguishing fires, and then they don't have time to work on their business or be strategic. But it's like a catch-22 situation because the more you are in the weeds, the more fires that creates. And the- and we lost you again. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey, good. I don't know what's going on. It, it, it happens. You know what? We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. Uh, maybe change location, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll reconvene in just a moment. Come right back. Okay. Celebrating Bubby's 70th birthday. Seven months after her birthday. Saying I don't to more postponements. And I do to each other. The life-changing vacation? Just a little later in life. And the taste of some home cooking that's been simmering for months. Sorry, I think this one's mine. Oh, my bad. For all the things that you've been looking forward to getting back to, we've got a plane for that. Visit JetBlue.com for everyday low fares. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions, verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. You don't become a 117-year-old automaker in this country by refusing to change. 
The Ford Motor Company does not resist, deny, or ignore change. We pledge to make our most iconic vehicles electric, to use 100% renewable energy across all global manufacturing plants by 2035, to stand for lower greenhouse gas emissions, to stand with Americans and for the planet. And we're back. She is an amazing coach helping people navigate their businesses. And uh, Maggie's back with us. And we left off talking about CEOs getting weed deep and, and business people in in their business and then not really moving forward because they're just always just kind of rinse and repeating and, and moving forward. Uh, what are the general things that you're hearing from the people that you work with, Maggie? Yeah, so general things that I'm hearing is, as you say, like when people get stuck in the weeds and they, they're having a hard time creating almost the time to get more strategic and zoom out of their business. And they're, they're saying like, well, I don't have time. There's so many fires that I need to put out. But staying in the weeds just fires. Yeah, I've often heard... This this said when when somebody says, "Well, I don't have any time," you always have time. Yes, you do. Mm. You do. It's just about prioritizing, right? We have enough time to create or do the things that are important, whatever we we want. But the things that move us forward or move our business forward the most are usually the things that are not urgent the things that we need to be proactive about. And in order to do them, you actually need to be intentional to create time. And that's not easy. It's totally possible, but that's not easy when you are the CEO, when you are a business owner, and there's things coming at you all the time. How do you prioritize? I I find challenges with that myself. And I try different methods. And what's your your go-to? What's your first piece of advice for somebody that needs to find a way to manage their time better? So the first piece of advice is actually you need to have a foundation upon which you then try the methods. Because very often you go with the methods first, like, okay, block your time, do Pomodoro technique, do this. But they don't start with, okay, what's important for me? Okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go in my business? Where do I want to go in my career? what's important for me in my personal life and start there, then work on eliminating other things and then use the methods to prioritize and put those things on your calendar on your schedule. So very often people do it backwards. They try to fit everything with the method instead of being elective and selecting what's important and then using methods to become who's doing it. So imposter syndrome, big thing now. You hear a lot of people talking about it in many different capacities, even in relationships. Some people talk about that. You know, I, I, some, my partner thinks I'm this, but I'm really not. But in business, I'm sure a lot of that self-doubt comes into play. Uh-huh. Even if you've made it, you're doing okay. But then you struggle with whether you really have what it takes to, to move forward do you uh, deal with people that uh, describe that? Yes, I do. And you know what? I really think that self-doubt is normal. And when you don't have it, it's almost like weird that <laughs> you don't have it. And here is why. Because as you say, um, 
the moment we get to a certain level, we develop some skills and we're comfortable at that level because we worked our skills to that. So, for example, like the simplest example is if I'm learning how to swim, if I don't know how to swim, it's hard, I feel imposter syndrome, but then when I learn how to move from one end of the pool to the other, I feel comfortable. But now if I want to grow more to get to the next level, and let's say now I want to compete, now it's a level, and then my brain is, well, I've never competed before. I don't know how to do it. And then the fear and that imposter syndrome comes in, right? It's the same in business. I've reached X level, and now I'm comfortable, but we're human. We're high achievers. So you're thinking, okay, how is goal? But the brain thinks, oh, I've never been there before. I don't know how. And the fear or imposter syndrome comes in. So it's normal, and we can overcome it. So I do help my clients do that. Yeah, it's it's a challenge when you when you're feeling that, isn't it? Like just you, yeah. it's it's like you have no confidence at, at some point. It is, but it, you know what I think about confidence because we again, a lot of people think that confidence is just something you have and you should have it or not. And I think confidence it's a built muscle or skill and it comes there's three components to it okay the first component is believing in yourself that whatever you know right now right wherever you are right now it's enough to get you started so that's one it doesn't mean it's enough to get to where you want to be but it's enough to take the first step the second part of confidence is having that humble confidence about yourself saying okay I might not have everything, but I can figure out what I'm missing and I can learn that. So having that humility to identify what you're missing and being willing to learn that. And then the third part is taking those steps in learning and going after it. And as you do that, you create like little wins and little results. And through that action, the confidence starts building up. Because now you see, okay, I went in the first competition of my swimming and I lost it, but I wasn't the last. I was in the middle. And then the second competition, I was still in the middle, but I beat my personal records. I'm getting better and better. You know what I mean? So you just keep going. You keep learning. You get better and better. And that was grows the confidence, not expecting yourself to have confidence from the very beginning when you haven't done something, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's one thing if you've never done something before, but if you're doing it, but then da- doubting it, uh, that's a whole other thing because now you've gotten to a certain point thinking that uh, I've got this, but maybe I really don't have this. How about the, the work-life balance? When you work with somebody, I'm sure that comes up, you know, yes. balancing the time between, and we go back with the time word, uh, your, your, your work life, but then also your, your home life and your personal life. Yes, I do work with my clients with that. And you know, balance, some people say like, oh, it's impossible to get the balance because balance means I'm almost doing an equal, or I'm spending equal amount of time on the, you know, family, business, and so on. I always say that balance looks different for everybody, and that's the thing. You want to know what that is for you and work towards it. What I also say is that I believe that when you do have your version of balance and you work towards it, it actually helps you be more effective and create better success in all areas of your life. 
Because when we're just focusing on one area and we do feel like we're missing and then the family life, let's say, suffers and so on, that impacts our performance in, let's say, professional life, right? If our family life is not good, then we bring that no matter what you're, you know, in the past, we were told that, like, oh, emotions, you know, you can't bring them to work and you can't bring them to, to business, but that's not we're human. It's impossible to fully separate that, right? So when you are not, let's say, happy in your family life, that's missing, you will bring that to your effectiveness at work well, well separate, okay, in business. So I believe that when you actually work that intentionally, having the balance helps you be higher performing and better performing in all aspects of life. Sure. And then I work that with my clients on that. You yes. you bring your personal challenges into work just the way it works. And the other way around. And the other way around, yeah. How about setting goals? Let's let's talk about that for a little bit. You know, we did talk about time management, but you know, the strategy behind what your goals are, the accountability, you know, when you coach somebody, how does that look? Mm-hmm. Setting goals. So you know, there is different schools on setting goals, but when I, you know, I work, when we set goals for business, we, Yeah, well, I just, I lost you for a second there, Maggie. Okay. And then from there, right, from that general income goal, we think about, okay, how do I want to achieve it, having in mind the life I want to live, okay? So not only how am I going to achieve it at all costs and burn myself out and so on, but how am I going to achieve it with the work-life balance that I want to create? Because that creates a different problem for your brain to solve. If you're like, okay, I want to make X amount of income in my business, or I want to have X amount of career, if we're talking about a career, but I want to achieve it without compromising certain things, you get your brain to solve for that. And then you get creative. And then from there, we, you know, we have our strategy. I speak strategy with my clients. And then we break it down. We go all the way down to like the simplest steps they will take on a daily and weekly and monthly basis to get there. And then that, as I help them implement, I also help them build some good habits that allow them to take those steps without overworking, without overwhelm and being effective. Like think about it this way when as you build certain scales or you are, you know, if you've ever let me think. Like, let's say you were trying to learn how to shoot hoops in the, in the basketball, right? When you're doing the, the first time ever, it was taking you forever to score. But as you get better at something, it takes you faster to score three-pointers or whatever, right? If I did that, it would take me forever to score 10 three-pointers in a basketball. If an NBA player does it, it takes them three seconds to do it because they develop the skill. So it's the same with certain habits that it can develop that then make you very effective with the amount of time you want to spend in your work, for example, or in your business. That strategy, what do you think is the most important thing here? Uh, everything that we're talking about, is it coming up with the strategy, the goals, uh, or are they all equally important? They're all equally important because mm. challenges that people sometimes have is they have a strategy they create a plan, right? They have a big vision, they create a plan, and then they leave the plan and never implement it. And they keep doing what they've been doing, right? So 
the strategy and the goal provides you a direction. It provides you with focus, right? It gives you, okay, these are the things that I believe will get me to where I want to go. And, but without breaking down that strategy, I call it like a simple action plan. It's easy to just leave it or put it in your desk, collect dust, and then never do the actions that you decided. So they're all equally important. Hmm. How about delegating? I know that there are a lot of people out there that feel they have to control everything uh, but because they want the, you know, the best possible yeah. outcome. How do you make the determination when you can delegate something? Um, so, yes, delegating can be a challenge. But what I want to say is that when you don't delegate, you don't grow. So whether mm. it's in your corporate career, you're getting yourself stuck because you don't have room, right, to grow, to do new things. Or maybe move to it, potentially create space for yourself to move to a different uh, position. Or when you are in a business owner, when you, you want to grow your business past what you just can do. So without delegation, without building some sort of team or using your team, you're keeping yourself stuck. Now, there is multiple things to it, but like the first thing is to trust that you can actually find people who can do certain things better than you. And with that, not only you provide opportunity for growth for them if they're in your team, but you're also creating space for yourself to grow. So the way you want to, um, I guess the first quick tips about delegating is think about, okay, out of my responsibilities that I have right now and the tasks, which ones are not my unique genius? So there will be things that only you can do to move the business forward, move whatever you have your goals forward, and there's things that maybe you didn't even like doing or that you, you don't have a unique skill set in it, and those might be the things you first delegate. So, you know, if you're a business owner, it could be admin tasks. It could be bookkeeping at first, right? It could be mm. certain activities that just, as a CEO, it's not your unique um, unique genius and unique, and you're maybe overpaying even yourself for doing those tasks, right? Because if I say, CEO, if I'm making, let's say, $200 an hour and I'm doing data entry that I could pay 20 or $40 an hour, I'm overpaying for that task. And I'm not doing other things that could be moving my business forward. I can completely relate to that because I own a business and it was about, ooh, about 10 years ago. Uh, I was doing my own invoicing, wasn't even using uh -huh. a invoicing program. I was just doing it on, you know, Microsoft word. <laughs> and, you know, I look back and I'm like, what the heck was I doing? Uh, right. hiring somebody makes so much sense. And yeah. it's not just the, the day to day stuff, you know, doing invoices, whatever it is, once a month, whatever, whatever, however yeah. your business works, it's yeah. the insight and the knowledge you gain that enables you to grow. But when, when things are tight, you know, financially, let's say, you know, in the beginning of a business, you don't yeah. want to do that. Like, I'll just take care of it. I'll take care of that. And then I'll take care of that. We don't realize that that's ultimately holding us back, right? That's right. Right. Because there is, you know, when we do those tasks, especially the ones that are not growing the business, right? So let's just say, let's just call them money-making activities. 
when we do non-money-making activities, not only we're overpaying for them, but then there's also something like opportunity cost, right? So the three hours I'm stuck doing invoices or bookkeeping because I hate it and I procrastinate and it takes me forever. It's the three hours I'm not out there growing the business. And within that three hours, maybe I could take, you know, I could make a half a million dollar deal. I'm not doing it because I'm stuck with invoices and bookkeeping, for example. Yep. (laughs) I totally get it. I was just talking to somebody before and uh, he has a similar business and he brought in, he's talking about accounts that he has and things like that. And he, I, I, I know the way he gets them is by going to networking events. He's effective. He gets it done. Yeah. He's, he's, you yeah. know, he looks a certain way. He's personable. But there's the only way you can do that is you set aside the time, but yeah. then you need to have others do things that you yeah. you need to take that time to, to meet with other people. Yeah. Um, so the delegation is important. Hey, how did this begin for you, Maggie? Your, your journey to, to helping people uh, with their business and moving their life forward, how did it begin for you? So it actually came out of corporate burnout. <laughs> That's how it came out of. I was a corporate leader. I had a career in, let's just call it, corporate North America. And at some point in one of my positions, I burned out. It was like situational, you know. Um, I had to, there were some decisions made by the company, and we had to, like, deliver almost an impossible thing in a short amount of time. And I really, that led me to burnout. And from that experience, I told myself, I never want to experience that again. This is not talking about work-life balance. This is not what I signed up for to be in business, right? I'm a mom. I have a family. And at that time, my kids were young. And I was compromising time with them to do something that wasn't even effective. Like, I wasn't even seeing the results, right? So on top of that, it was like, I have no light in the tunnel. Nothing is working. And I'm compromising my time and my health my time with my kids for it. And I thought, no, I, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to keep going like this or even get myself in that position. And the thought was like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? So the idea was, well, the only way I'm going to do it is if I start my own business and make my own decisions and be responsible for my own decisions. And business coaching came because I've been a people leader and I love helping people grow and really achieve their full potential. And throughout my career, I sort of discovered what people need to do that. And I love business. I think it's creative and it's fun. And I've had a good career in business in many different areas. So I have a very broad perspective and I have education in that. So that's where the idea comes from. So I said, I will be a business coach. <laughs> Got to ask you, when you made those changes in your life, were you concerned? I'm starting something different. Can I do this? Will it work out? Did you have those, I guess, call them the typical fears that people have as they start yes. a business? Yeah. Yes. It was very scary. I was in a position where, you know, I was making six figures. I had a good career. And overall, the company was good. Don't get me wrong. It was situational, but I had a good career. I loved the people I worked with. And nobody was laying me off, okay? I actually had opportunities to get promoted. And at the same time, I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do long term. If I imagined myself, you know, 10 years from then or 20 years from then, I didn't want to continue even growing that. 
it was scary. And at the same time, like I didn't do a rash decision where I'm like, oh, I'm quitting today without a plan. Okay. So what I did is I started my business on the side. And as I developed it and grew it, I gained that confidence. We're talking about confidence. I definitely did not have confidence at the beginning being sure that it would work. Okay. It, I developed this over time. And as I grew it on the side, that confidence grew that, you know what, it's going to work. I know exactly how to make it work. I'm getting some, you know, proof of concept, right? I'm getting some clients. They're getting results. That allowed me to make a decision and leave. And I, it was scary. Mm. I had to think this through. I had to have a financial plan and talk to my husband and to one. But by the time I made that decision, I was very confident in it. Right? It wasn't a rash decision. But, yeah, there, there were some fear in there, for sure. Would you say confidence uh, and courage are two of the most important things when you're embarking on something new like that? Yes. Yeah. I would say courage and trusting in yourself. In, in, because, like, confidence, you will grow it as you go. But having courage to do the scary thing and having that first step of confidence, as I call it, so trusting yourself that you know enough to start and you're resourceful enough to figure things out and learn what you've got to learn um, are imperative or critical to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the courage is a big one. But then I guess, I guess it goes back to having faith, having faith in yourself. Yes, 100%. 100%. So we're just about out of time. I want to tell everybody how they find you. Um, best ways go to the website? Yeah, the best way is go to the website, yeah. StairwayToLeadership.com. Lo- love, that, love that domain, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It, it really does say everything. Uh, and you specialize in helping people with their business, moving their yeah. life forward, figuring that all out. Um, do you offer a free consult if somebody just wants to start the conversation? Yeah, I do, and I don't. I always do a free consult because even for me to determine if I can help the client and if they're a good fit as well, I need kind of that initial conversation to see where they are with their business, what what they're looking for, what are their challenges, and then yeah, we can have a brainstorming session and talk about how we can, you know, how I can help my client achieve whatever they want. Sure, yeah. I mean it's all a relationship. It's like dating. You know, you meet yeah. somebody. Got to gotta talk a little bit, see if it's going to be yes. something that will continue. So, yeah, start, the, start that conversation, change your life, move it forward. Uh, I just I imagine if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, CEO, executive, having more time to do the things in your job or personal life that you enjoy. It's not happening. Go to the website, Stairway to Leadership dot com and start the conversation maggie so great having you on here really appreciate it thank you so much steve thank you for having me oh thank you we'll be right back broadcasting from the business capital of the world this is the podcast business news network it's thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends started off with a pitcher for the table which quickly becomes two There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. 
and another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.